0: Hi everybody. My name is Sandy Boucher and welcome to Surviving Isolation. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if you're practicing social distancing. If you're under isolation because you've been asked to be under isolation, you've been traveling abroad, so they're now telling you to stay home for 14 days. If you're under self-imposed isolation, or God forbid, I do hope you're not under quarantine. Whatever the case may be, I decided to create this podcast so that all of us, me and my listeners, could feel a little less alone. Now, we are going to be talking about some serious things over the course of this podcast, I can well imagine, but that's not my focus. My focus is to reach out to you, to have some fun, to share some laughs, to talk about the reality of isolation, the highs and the lows. And I really, really, really want to hear from you. Uh, you can find this podcast on Anchor, and I guess it's sprout out over Spotify and iTunes and all that fun stuff. And I do have a Facebook page called Surviving Isolation, and I would love to hear your situation, especially if you have any questions or suggestions for things that I should talk about, then I am definitely gonna pay attention and speak to that in a future episode. The goal is to do an episode a week. So I'm gonna let you know how I'm doing, the highs and the lows, the funny things that happen because my life can be pretty hilarious or maybe it's just my outlook, whatever the case may be. Before we get into that, As this first episode unfolds, I really wanted to give you a background story so you could understand I guess the situation I'm in, and again, I would love to hear what your situation is, especially if you have a really challenging one, then please email me. If you don't mind, I would share it with the listeners in upcoming episodes, really, so we can be there to support each other because if anything else, this is the time to be supporting each other. So, background story, my situation. I am a motivational speaker. I have been a motivational speaker for over a decade now. I'm in my 11th year of business and that is what I do full time. That is my only source of revenue. So I am indigenous, I am Ojibwe, Anishinaabe and I travel around all over Canada, working primarily in First Nation communities, or with non-Indigenous businesses and entities who want to improve their relationships with First Nations communities. So bottom line, to make it sound really simple here, what I do is I travel around and I give speeches, I give half-day workshops, and I give seminars on a wide variety of topics, everything from self-esteem and confidence building, to lateral violence, to how we can work together, to healing, you name it. If you want more on that, I'm really not going to spend a lot of time on that. That is not the focus of this podcast. You can just go to sandyboucher.com, and all my seminars are listed there so that's my career. And long story short, I absolutely love it. I am living my dream. I am independent. I am probably the walking, talking definition of empowered, or I'd like to believe I am. I mean, every word that comes out of my mouth, I choose. Uh, I have, I'm the author of three different books. Every word in those books I wrote and I Okay, to any editing that took place, everyone in the seminars, I design. There is no limit on what I can say, so which is a really big change from my past. And anyone who finds themselves now in an empowered position, I'm certain you could say the same thing. So There you have it, that was my situation. I'm living this dream career. I'm living in this beautiful condo. I'm living in the city of Thunder Bay that definitely has its challenges when it comes to indigenous people. But for me, it's a place I love. I always say, here the trees, know my name. My adult children and my grandchildren live five minutes away. Life? Is pretty ducky, or at least it was, up until about a week ago. Now, I don't need to tell you what happened. We all know we started to see and hear talk of the coronavirus. We started to see its effects. We started to see the statistics coming out of China first, and then it seemed like one country after the next, after the next. And we noticed, but I don't know about you, it really hadn't had an effect in my life yet. And that might have been, at least for me, because of the time of year. So to explain that from January 1st to March 31st is easily my busiest time of the year because I'm self-employed. So I have my financial statements and I know what my revenue's like. Depending on the year, I can make anywhere between 25% and 42% of my annual income in that time period, from January 1st to March 31st. Now I've always joked around with my children, I always tell my friends that at this time of year, I basically just take a picture of myself and hand it to my kids and say, I love you, here's my picture so you don't forget what I look like, and I'll see you in April. So that's how busy things can get. And just before the pandemic declaration, I was up to my neck in that reality. I was actually enjoying one of the busiest weeks of my year. Now, normally, to give you context again, normally I do maybe three, four seminars of varying lengths over the course of a month. Well, during that week, I had four events in one week. I was literally packing up, going to do the event, coming home, unpacking, reloading the stuff for the next seminar and taking off again and doing that over and over and over for the entire length of that week. During that week, that is when who came out with the pandemic declaration, that they declared the coronavirus and the resulting COVID-19 as a world pandemic. I can honestly say in the beginning, again, that really didn't affect me. I chose, and I want to be crystal clear on that, I chose that I was going to self-isolate. And that was for a lot of different reasons, but mostly because I do have children I care about, adult children. I do have grandchildren I care about. And of course I care about my own health. That's something I had to learn to do. I'm sneaking up really fast on my 56th birthday. So I wanted to make sure that I stay in good health and that I'm around for a long time for my grandkids. So I decided to self-isolate just because of the sheer amount, the sheer number of people I had seen in that last week over those four events. So I can honestly say that day one really didn't affect me. Yes, I was under isolation. And yes, I was no longer interacting with another human being face-to-face. But honestly, I was so flippin' exhausted that it just, I'm certain I felt like people do on the first day of vacation. I haven't taken a vacation in a while, so I'm kind of trying to remember here, but I'm certain that's what it was like. And I was just really enjoying the quiet and not having to use my voice. But then... Two things happened almost simultaneously over the course of the next few days. Now, remember, this is busy season for me. Remember, this is where my annual income is set. This is the time period. These are the months where that allow me to be able to sleep for the rest of the year, knowing that my bills are going to be paid. As the stats kept coming in, as they kept increasing, which I guess is the most important point of that, Ontario declared a state of emergency. I can honestly say, and for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you may have seen the post about it. At that point, this became real. I have to admit that is the first time and there have been several times that was the first time that I broke down crying. And it wasn't about me. I was used to I'm a single woman, I guess I should have mentioned that too. So I live alone. It's me and a cat that I inherited another old lady. Anyways, I'm I'm used to being alone. But, and this is a shout out to all the parents out there who are listening. I don't know if this happened to you, and I would love to hear if it also happened to you. But the thought of my precious children, even though they're adults now, they're still my children, and the thought of them living through a pandemic was not something I had ever envisioned. It would be the same, or it was the same for me as if war had been declared. I mean, yes, there's always been challenges in the world, but in our neighborhood, in, in our immediate world, my children were safe. And suddenly with that state of emergency declaration, I no longer felt they were. And it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it because it's not anything I ever wanted for them. I mean, we work really hard to keep our children safe and I couldn't. This was beyond my control. And what's hilarious now looking back, here I was freaking out about the situation my children were now facing my daughter was absolutely freaking out about me and my safety. She knew full well the amount of events I had just done. She was incredibly concerned. She was like threatening to barricade my front door just to make sure that I stayed safe. And of course, it was all out of loving concern. So that was the first hit. That first, this is not just the flu. That first, I don't know how bad this is going to get and and I guess that's another thing you need to know about me. I can handle anything. I've survived poverty that you that had me selling furniture for food. So that's the level of poverty I've known. I'm a 10-year domestic abuse survivor, so I know what it's like to have your life blown apart when you didn't see it coming. All of that stuff I've survived and maybe that's why I reacted. I honestly think it's why I was able to get through it. But this, this was different. This was an unknown. I can't prepare for something if I don't know how bad it's going to get. And and that's the kind of stuff I was struggling with and the questions that I was asking as I was like puttering around my condo and, and again, life here at home really hadn't changed a lot. And then it did over the course of, I believe a two day period email after email, after email came in and events started canceling. Now a condition of this, uh, emergency state of emergency declaration was that public gatherings large gatherings were no longer allowed you just described my career so one by one and you have to understand when a seminar cancels thousands of dollars just emptied out of my budget so one by one, and I don't want to say, like when they canceled, I totally completely supported the cancellation. I want those people to be safe. If I didn't care about my participants, I wouldn't be in this, this career. I wouldn't be loving it and thriving in it. So I totally understand, stood that and I supported it. But at the same time, I was watching my revenue stream completely, totally dry up. And that's exactly what happened. I went from having bookings well into May to having a wide open agenda. I do... I may have said it earlier, but again, I'm just gonna state that I don't have a paycheck coming in every two weeks. I don't have a pension. I don't have any kind of ongoing support. My survival, me paying my rent, my car payment, feeding myself, whatever the case may be, is totally dependent on my seminars that no longer existed. I think that at this point we're probably now at the fourth or fifth meltdown <laughs> and and meltdown, meltdowns of various forms. There were times that I just shut off the lights and closed my eyes and just broke down and admitted how absolutely overwhelming that is and that may be surprising to some people and maybe it's a an Nishnabé thing but I've been raised to own my feelings and feel my feelings so I can move past them and I highly highly suggest that if you are spending all of your energy holding in the need to cry sit down and cry because that's a lot less energy expended than trying to hold it in and if there's people around you that are going to get upset about that then do what i used to do back in my darker years go in the shower and cry in the shower they'll never know and your tears will get lost in the water and you won't have to deal with the fallout but you will feel better so there were times I sat down and just cried by myself. There were times that I called my daughter and just cried on, on her shoulder. There were times I rented and raved and used some very colorful language that I'm not gonna repeat here. And then there were times that I found my true self in the midst of this insanity and went back to a plan. What am I going to do? Accept the things I cannot change and change the things I can. Which brings me to why this podcast exists. I intend on doing an episode once a week and I'm going to share with you what has happened in the week previously what worked, what didn't work, what challenges I faced, and what successes I found. And hopefully, in my experiences, you will find things that work for you. And please, again, share with me your tidbits of wisdom. If there's things you're doing that absolutely work, I would love to hear those. So that's my story, and that's the story behind surviving isolation. Until the next episode, please take care of you. Be kind to you. If there's one thing I've discovered already is I have to be way kinder to myself now than I ever have been before, and maybe that's a teaching I needed. Whatever the case may be, please be kind to yourself. Be kind to the people that you're sharing your environment with. And I hope you tell your friends about this. Let's do this together because I believe together is the only way we're going to be, the only way we're going to survive isolation. And that's the name of the game. Until next episode, I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.